Marketing Unplugged Superfoods Going to the grocery store can be a dreary chore, so I refrain the trip as a contest of wills between me, the wily consumer, and marketers, eager to suck me in with their coveted eye-level shelf space, flashy packaging, and dubious health claims. I've seen marketing terms come and go, natural, light, organic, craft, vine-ripened, and various iterations of fresh, farm-fresh, fresh-frozen, fresh-picked. They have all grown stale with overuse. The word artisan is in the process of being flogged to death. When properly used, the word implies a product that is individually made, perhaps a loaf of bread made by a stooped woman from the old country with knuckles gnarled from a lifetime of kneading. Now McDonald's has co-opted this word to describe its buns. When I asked the cashier with the greasy hair and visible bra what made the flattened bun artisan, she said, How am I supposed to know? Do you want it or not? The grasping maw of McDonald's marketing department has just perpetrated an identity theft on the true artisans of the world. The other marketing strategy is just to make up a healthy-sounding word. Yesterday, I noticed that the bag of chopped kale and other greens contained the breathless banner, contained seven superfoods. I had heard of the concept of superfood before, and perhaps this designation convinced me to try kale, a green that was a marked departure from my childhood experience with iceberg lettuce. I discovered I loved kale and thrilled to the idea that something that healthy could taste so good. In fact, a kale salad would be my go-to meal on a deserted island, as long as I could bring along a little parmesan, bacon, currants, and pine nuts. But now I was confronted with a dizzying array of seven simultaneous superfoods. Wikipedia suggests that superfoods are nutritionally dense, with either high amounts of fiber, vitamins, trace minerals, or cancer and age-defined antioxidants. So, if I eat all seven at once, am I doubling down on antioxidants? Or is the superness spread across all ingredients? Would the health benefits of seven superfoods be enough to cancel out that canister of salted caramels I grabbed on the way out of Costco? My bag of chopped greens only lists eight ingredients, so there must be one outlier. And I bet it's the poppy seed dressing, whose principal ingredient seems to be sugar. But how did the Magnificent Seven qualify in the first place? How were cutoffs established between super and merely pedestrian? And is there some international body that verifies such a term? And if a splash of a superfood is added to enhance the flavor of an everyday product, can the whole product then be called a superfood? I can find no answers to these very reasonable questions. In this country, the word superfood is unregulated, and marketers can slap this current darling on any product at will. Blueberries were among the first to be called a superfood, even though they only provide moderate levels of nutrients compared to other fruits and vegetables. A sharp-witted executive at the Blueberry Council must have received a fat bonus for this marketing coup. Now all sorts of oddball berries from distant realms have joined the group. Goji, acai, and noni berries, with the added benefit that a superfood designation plus an exotic origin justifies a higher price. As I spent quality time in Costco's walk-in fridge, I realized that varieties of bagged lettuce were in a pitched battle to claim a distinct niche. To the right of my familiar bag of chopped kale were stacks of mass-produced romaine lettuce, given the oxymoronic label of artisanal. To the left was a bag labeled 
power greens, consisting of chard, kale, and spinach. Was power greens a new faddish marketing term? If so, the marketers were pursuing a familiar strategy. The bag provided no definition of power, nor any health claim. I unclenched my icy cold fingers to write down the numbers of their consumer hotlines, and then headed home. A peppy woman named Mahogany answered my call to sweet kale vegetable. She was probably trained to handle consumer complaints about wilted greens rather than discussing the nuances of a superfood. She put me on hold until she pulled up a script on her computer. A superfood is a marketing term that describes a nutritionally dense food with a supposed health benefit, she read. What are the health benefits, I asked, and what does supposed mean? Does that mean that the health benefits are not yet proven? Well, it describes a nutritious food, she said in a quavering voice. Don't you think that the concept of nutrition is inherent in the concept of food, I said? How is a superfood more nutritious than other foods? I don't know, it's just what they wanted to name it, she said, cowering in my conversational corner. Well, okay, I said, but would you say then that a superfood is a meaningless marketing term? Yes, that's what it's looking like from here, she chirped, glad to end the discussion. Now, I don't take particular pleasure in bullying a very pleasant consumer representative, but I could tell that she was relieved that I was not yelling at her about some foreign object in my bag, like an old yellow toenail or a frizzy hairball. On to Power Greens. The first responder at Earthbound Organics was flummoxed by my question about the meaning of power. Instead, she concentrated on the convenience of having a ready mixture of greens that was particularly good for smoothies. These greens have more energy and are healthier, she said. Healthier than what? I asked. She began to backtrack. Well, it really depends on your diet, and of course you should consult with your doctor on what is healthiest for you. But our product is a nice combination for smoothies. I switched it up. You know, superfood is a term that is familiar to many consumers. There's even a Wikipedia entry for it. Why didn't you call your product a superfood? Well, we just wanted to use a different word, and power green is something different to catch your eye. So it looks like Earthbound Organics has sounded a death knell for the superfood industry. Like a shark ever moving on the ocean floor, their marketing department is on the search for something new and flashy to replace the old and stale. What will come next? I'm probably delusionally naive, but is it possible that we've run out of superlatives? I suppose you could combine them and label a food super duper, super power, mega super, ultra super, or va 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 voom. But, dear Lord, I hope consumers can see through these contrivances. Perhaps it's time to try a little reverse psychology, turn a negative into a positive. It worked for a boy named Sue, who attributed his toughness to the handicap of his name. For decades, it's worked for Smucker's Jelly, whose advertising tagline proclaims, With a name like Smucker's, it has to be good. So why not use the same strategy for the next exotic berry that must elbow its way onto the superfood shelf? How can it differentiate itself from the established goji, acai, and noni berries? I envision lugi berry harvested from the fetid waters of Calcutta. With a name like lugi, it has to be super good.